Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello. This Ruler podcast is slightly different. It's an audio version of Ruler's new video series, Chat Stevens, hosted by Matt Stevens and featuring in this edition David Miller, Pippa York and our own Stuart Clapp. As Kenny Van Flamink would say, a video without pictures, not normal, but useful for those of you who've requested an audio version to listen to on the turbo, in the car or when you're just not ready for Stuart Clapp in colour. If you want to see the full video version, search out Rilleur's YouTube or Facebook pages. Otherwise, just listen and enjoy. Well, this is the first ever edition of Rouleur Presents Chat Stevens with me, Matt Stevens. But look who I have with me today. I have Pippa York. Hello, Pippa. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. You nearly me. were late. You got the kind of wrong memo, didn't you? But, um, I sorry did. Sorry about that. It's my, my fault. But that's normal at my age. Yeah, sorry about that. Dave Miller. Cheers, Dave. Thanks for coming. Because you had a busy, what, heavy night last night, didn't you? That was my sister's 40th last night, yeah. so we celebrated it. But you're looking, you're looking, you're looking good. Ah, thank Hair's you. on point as ever. And Stu Clapp, a good mate of mine and the desire editor of Ruler magazine and the only representative from Essex. We've got two Scots, yeah. an Englishman and an Essex boy. I'm here for, to represent the uh, south-east of England. Oh, um, indeed. Yeah. Slightly yeah, above s- London. Slight, slightly above London or on the same... Longitude. Latitude. I'm glad we got the topography and the topography sorted out before we started. That's always nice. To <clears throat> Basically, we're going to be talking about, as we move through these shows, just going to be talking to people about cycling. We all love cycling, about racing, anything to do with cycling. As we have just had Il Lombardia, the final race of the year, the race of the falling leaves, which I had the pleasure of commentating on, we've pretty much hit now, apart from a few exhibition races, and I think the tour of Wang Shi. But to be honest with you, although it gets world tour points, I'm not going to count it. We can talk about that another time. Um, so I thought we'd, rather than just go through Het Newsblad all the way through to Lombardy, let's just pick out our highlights, I mean, and just chat about those. That's the kind of feel of today's show. Highlights of the year, and we'll start off with you, Dave. What, what kind of brought the year to life? What, what lit your ring from a gas sort of hob perspective? Thankfully, uh, yes. When we're thank, talking about... I'm going clarify that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, uh, normally, it's quite a hard thing to, to decide... But for me, this year, Geraint Thomas. Mm. I think what he did, it's not just the fact that it's Geraint Thomas that did it and it's such a wonderful story, it's how he did it. I would have, I think, and I'll be the first person to, to admit this, a couple of years ago, I was like, what are you doing? Just go and do classics, just find your niche one-week stage, stage races. You're losing a career. You're going to find yourself at 35 with no big wins. And watching him win the Tour de France and winning it in the way he did it, he won it like Miguel Indurain. 
he he was so serene, he was so dominant, he he was magnificent, and I thought, wow, that's uh, that goes to show what hard work can do, and what self belief and what Team Sky as an organisation do, and 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 that nice guys can win, and I find that just a, the Gary Thomas story this year for me was a highlight by far. I, th I mean. I was on the ground at the tour, like you, Dave, and working for Telly. And um, towards the end, when in, after G had been in that jersey for a while, you got this real, genuine sense of euphoria, didn't you? I mean, that all the Welsh fans turned up, a lot of the British fans were there. But he was uh, after having quite a difficult time in the first opening kind of ten days because let's be honest, Team Sky got booed pretty much at every podium <coughs> presentation. Signing on, it was it was quite difficult. But then I think G, the way he the way he rode, I don't know what you think, Pippin. You obviously watched it and saw it. Um, but it, it served this very, very long apprenticeship, worked really hard, and it, his moment came, didn't it? And um, it, it, felt, it felt really it genuinely special. It was a genuine feeling of, of, of euphoria around the team, around G himself and the crowd. I don't know what... Yeah, there were a couple of things with that. Is the fact that, um, yes, Team Sky were going in there, and this, this isn't just Team Sky. We must remember this with cycling. The more you win, often the less you're liked, unless you're Peter Sagan, who yeah. doesn't make... He's... he's He's a total outlier regards the way he continuously wins and is still popular. That normally doesn't happen in cycling. Throughout history, we've seen it with Jacques Anquetil, with Eddie Merckx, with Bernard Eno, with Miguel Indrain. Towards the end of their, their massive winning streaks, they were booed, yeah. even without any scandals, because people get bored and they start to... Actually, Coppi one year was told that he wasn't welcome at the Giro d'Italia because right, he was, was making... Yeah, yeah. he was... Uh, and they said, no, sorry, we need somebody else to win. Then Barsley came and won, didn't he? But, yeah, it's, mm. so it's not a new thing, is it? It's no. not a new thing in slices, and that's why Garrick Thomas winning was such a, an antidote uh, in the sense... It, in many ways, it saved Team Sky's ass mm. because they were going in with a, that kind of... that cloud of success over them. And they had the other clouds of what's going on in the past, which, which have happened, for better or worse. But Garrick Thomas winning in was storybook in the sense that it saved Team Sky's arse. Because yeah. if Chris Froome had done it, it would have been like booing the whole way through. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was, it's, it's quite multifarious, I think, what happened there. And it's, it's quite interesting. What do you think about G's win? I thought he was, he was a popular winner because he didn't pretend that... Um, in the same way that when Froome wins, he kind of expected to win, yeah. whereas... With Garrett Thomas, he was genuinely surprised to be there, and it showed he was he was really happy just to have in that moment. And I think that's what kind of, like Dave said, it kind of brought the whole kind of attitude towards Sky from the yeah. French fan. Mm. It brought that kind of home to them. They, they they had guys in that team which who were kind of happy just to be bike riders, right. and that came across with Thomas when he won. And he kind of every day was a kind of big surprise for him. Yeah. And every day in yellow was. Another kind of great achievement, and we, we hadn't seen that from any of the kind of sky riders when they went to the went to the podium. If they yeah. were in the yellow jersey, they were there. Like, We've done the work, and you know we had the kind of best team stuff that, that's going on in the background. And you never got that from Garrett. So, no. for the normal kind of fan, they were kind of happy just to see a, a kind of authentic bike rider there who was who raced when he had to and, and raced hard and didn't kind of hold back and rely too much on his teammates. I think that's what made a big difference. He rubbed with panache and yeah. flair, didn't he? I've got a question. Yeah. You were around when Eno was getting killed at the Vuelta, weren't you? When it was at the Vuelta the year where he was getting totally, like, spat No, I didn't on. ride that. You weren't there that year. But I saw him oh. during the tour when um, when Hino would ride, and he was riding, and it was, it was going to be his fifth win, and, um, yeah, people booed. Yeah. People were unhappy because of the way that he kind of... 
his comportment and his kind of attitude when he went to the podium was they didn't like it because he was then had that kind of brazen or like yeah. shit bounties off me kind of face mm. and um People kind of get, people and that's what's amazing. So that's, that's a French then. champion with a French audience. On a French team. On a French team getting booed. So it does happen. And it's, a, it's, yeah. a, it's a cycling phenomenon. We almost don't like success yeah. at times. Especially, well, that's a, it is an odd one, isn't it? You know, you can understand, I think, a, a degree of reticence from the French press and the French public because they haven't won the Tour de France since that very, mm -hmm. since Eno won it in 1985. Yeah. Le Mans 186, didn't it? It's been a long time, hasn't it's it? It's been a long it's time. Been a, it's, I mean, how did you find G's win? I mean, from your perspective, I mean, it, it, it was great, wasn't it? But it, it was something yeah. super special. It was, it was really special. From a fan's perspective, you, you guys have ridden those races, but I'm a fan, so watching it from, you know, from the sofa and, and uh, it was interesting to see it because, as David was saying, it sort of saved Sky's arse a bit. It was like, um, but also the way I think Geraint Thomas managed the, the pressure was amazing because when he found himself in the yellow jersey, he was like, you know, Froome's still the leader. He's, and whether that was him convincing himself that, no, 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 this isn't about me, I'm riding for someone else, and it took the pressure off him. But I couldn't be happier with that win, actually. Like, so, you know. What you said that's quite interesting because that was part of his apprenticeship, which yeah. is what Matt said earlier, is that he's because he's such a, an emotional bike racer. Yeah. Gee, that's what he's been through his whole career. It's very hard to control him, yeah. and which is part of the beauty. There's a great anecdote about Geraint that Rod Ellingworth tells is when he was the national team, and I think they were at the Commonwealth Games, uh, or, or the Worlds, I think, and uh, Rod Ellingworth came into the room and they had the points race, and it was the last thing for GB to win the kind of the classification yeah. of the, the teams, if you like. They, they needed to win the points race, but ben, Benny Kirsten, who was an Australian, was part of that points race. And he's an incredible sprinter. He couldn't, they couldn't beat him. So Rod came into the meeting and he had the four boys there. Only two of them were going to do the race. And he said, right, guys, there's only one way we're going to do this. We're going to take down Benny. And it was, he was kind of joking. And he's like, who's going to do it? And G was like, just there was a pause. Everyone's quiet. And G was like, I'll do it. Hmm. And that sums up G. Yeah. He, and Rod was like, I'm joking, guys. <laughs> you, don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to take him out. <laughs> but G was like, that's what G's like. And he'd do it for the yeah. team and he, and he does things like that. And so he's gone through his whole career. He'll always that's be the something. first person to put his hand up. Mm. That sounds desperate, though. Yeah. That sounds really ruthless. So I, I, I don't know if that... No, but it's a joke. The point being, oh. it was a joke. And it was kind of like, yeah. <laughs> But he didn't get the joke. No, yeah, no, no. And that's but I think well, that's, that is quite yeah. interesting yeah. itself, though, isn't it? The fact uh, that he didn't... Uh, no. It shows a hunger. Yeah. You know, it, it's yeah. not... It's not yeah. If there's a rider willing to take somebody out, it's like... Yeah. That's a bit worrying. <laughs> but it also shows that yeah. there's a hunger that needs to be tempered over time because there was a young man then thinking that was the right thing to do. Yeah. Because let's be honest, you know, I, I've been in races, especially at 19, in, in the 1990s, I've been taken out by Russian riders on, under, as far as I'm aware, instructions. They just <laughs> literally just take you out. Ah, but it's, it's, uh, it was just like, yeah, it was. You know, we talk about chess on wheels, it was boxing on wheels. Yeah, um, and but, uh, yeah, and it's, it's the fact that he, over the years now, he's controlled all those emotions. Yeah, and watching through the tour, all I mean, we were at the tour, and I think everybody saw those post-race interviews. He completely barricaded him off from yeah. kind of what was going on, and which is the the, the Steve Peters, the, the chimp paradox, yeah. all the way they've conditioned themselves. Read that? To, read it. They, they've conditioned themselves to be kind of rational and chimp. Yeah. I that's one of those things this whole chimp thing is one of those things it's just about learning what your psychological profile is yeah and that's always existed if you know you you when you're going to be a top bike rider you establish what your weaknesses are from physical to mental 
and you know in health diet and all of that stuff and you you don't need somebody to tell you like, to read certain books or whatever you can you, you, there's there's been a whole lot of research into that and there's you know there's more than just the chimp idea so I think but, that's another yeah. one of those. But I think that was that was also you, Pippa, yeah. in the fact you came through a generation where you didn't have the support. So it was the, the outliers that made it through. The same yeah. with you, Matt. Yeah. Your no, but you still had to learn what, what your you weakness did. was. Yes, exactly. So then, then you can then when you went into a situation like being race leader on a major race and how much pressure you're going to be under, you had to learn how to deal with that. Whether it was through kind it was of experiential, wasn't it? Rather than being guided through it, I guess it was just you were just learning it. By no, 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 or? no, no. You, I, I did the research before. They right. studied the what my mental capacity was to absorb certain situations. Yeah. So it's not a new thing, it's just been rebranded as chimpanzees. But, but, I, yeah, <laughs> but I think the point being is you can now teach riders to do it who wouldn't normally do it. Yeah. So well, that, yeah, that, but, that, but, that's the point, is the fact that they wouldn't have made it in the other generations because you had to teach yourself and you had to, you had to learn how to do it autonomously. Well, that's the difference yeah, now. Yeah, Before, the, yeah. the top riders learned all those little, little exactly, things yeah. which took them to the top, whereas now they'll... they'll the, the lower level is higher, yeah. so all those guys at the lower level have to learn all this stuff that, that we learn to stay at the top. Mm -hmm. and, and the difference between the kind of lower level and the higher level is probably more physical now. Mm. There's a lot of it, I mean, the accessibility to kind of, um, you know, training and performance and nutrition, I mean, it's all open source. You don't necessarily even need a coach if you kind of, re if, you, if, you, if you know what you want to do, you're reasonably intelligent, you can get out there. And, and I think I agree, you know, there are a lot of, Amateurs, for want of a better word now, whatever you yeah. call them, um, who are very, very good, you know, especially in time trialling and stuff like that and aerodynamics. But, uh, but I, I think, um, just going back to Geraint, what struck me interviewing, interviewing him in the mix zone was, was this composure. Mm. Um, and there was a serenity about him without, you know, yeah, using too, a, too cheesy a word. There was a genuine serenity. And, 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 uh, and the fascinating thing for me was the way that Froomey conducted himself. I mean, that must have been really difficult. That was phenomenal. I mean, that was... Mm, yeah. but, but when you look at what we saw, Geraint was by far a stronger rider. Uh, and, uh, and he had a yeah. real crispness and sharpness, which is quite... You look at the way Brad and Froomey have won in the past, obviously yeah. devastating attacks from Froomey, yeah. but there's, an, there's something dynamic and refreshing about the way that Geraint uses what he's got, those attacks in the last kilometre yeah. that just, just, it takes 20 seconds out, but just, it's really, and I think the the aggressive element that he has, that's what maybe won over more of the French yeah. fans, it's very much like, you know, that threw me in, in the Giro, I mean, it's the different, mm. it's just, it's different. I need to, yeah, and I need to put a caveat in, because you mentioned Chris Froome to Garrett Thomas being the highlight of the year. We've already brushed over what Chris Froome achieved, which was the triple, yeah. kind of the grand slam, of, yeah. and it's, and then getting third in the Tour de France, yeah. and essentially winning the final time trial, because I still believe that he possibly did. I think there was a bit of controversy on yeah. the line about when the clock stopped, apparently. <laughs> but, uh, and but anyway, that's... Uh, and this is, this is what happens. We've we become, we become complacent <laughs> with excellence. Yeah. Yeah. The heavy foot of the Yeah, it's that classic cycling. And we, we become complacent with excellence, and Chris Froome is so excellent. To do what he did, he's won four Grand Tours in a row, four Tour de France in a row, and then goes and wins the Vuelta and the Giro at, on the back of that run, or three in. And I'm like, wow. And then goes the Tour, and he didn't give that to, to Geraint. And that's what I loved about it. He didn't do the kind of the hero pools, he didn't do any showboating. No, no, he no. raced until that last, in, as if he was still racing to win. Hmm. And I thought that was, you know, I hat us off to him. And him and G are like this. Yeah. They're like best pals. They hang out together, got mutual respect. And Chris never, ever gave anything to him. 
I think that's no, that's a lot of respect from Chris to G and G to Chris. So it was mm. a bit like Hino and um, Le Mans, but without yeah. the aggressiveness. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Which is a, 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 that wasn't that that was proper. I mean, you were. That's yeah, pro you, that you was were proper nasty. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, you were there. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you actually <laughs> saw all that happen. Yeah. I, I, I was. Uh, and that's. 86, when, when that battle, that, that's what got me into bike riding. That's, I, I stood on outdoors and watched those two guys come up and I took a little photograph. I'm going to say this because it's a really important kind of piece in why I'm ultimately sat here. And um, I'd knotted hanky on my head, I had a pair of shorts on, look shorts, the ones like the, the Santini ones, that nice. were, I think they cost 50 quid back in 1986. I was hoping you were wearing denim Because bibs, bibs weren't really around that much <laughs> in, in the mid 80s. I had a pair of braces, but the braces were rusty. So I had a hanky tucked over the rim of my shorts, or little, with a hanky to grip it. So I had a hanky on the front, hanky on the back, hanky on my head to protect me from the sun. Anyway, I'm, I meet my dad in a tent, and uh, they came up. I did. I took this little photograph, and anyway, took it. Spot the Went back man. home. Yeah, went, yeah. went back home, and uh, you know, winning magazine. What, what yeah. Publicate. That was our window into the cycling world back then. It really was because mm. no internet, very little on the TV apart from Channel Four, yeah. or whatever, and. Um, Every every week during the tour, winning published like a a, uh, a newspaper, proper like the Times size, you know, not proper fold out newspaper colour. Yeah. Um, and the centre spread of the final week was, or the or two weeks ago, was outdoors. An aerial shot with all the hairpins. And I looked at it and I thought, God, that's me and my dad were there. And I looked and thought, God, we were on that bend, and that's where the motorcade is. That's where Le Mans de Nino was. And I looked closer. And if it had been on a phone, I'd have done this. And I want to do it now, like zooming in. But it's like, shit, that's me. And you could see me stecking out with a hanky on my head, taking the photo at the exact point. I hope you get a cutaway of this in the show, like zoomed in. Yeah, would say, yeah. yeah. That, I mean, I know I've gone off tangent, <laughs> yeah. but just what a, a little bit. moment. Yeah. I mean, that's, but it's Fuck just lovely, yeah. isn't it? And, that, yeah. and that, that moment on that on, on the outdoors was like, flipping heck. So this is and just sorry. This is exactly because you were there and and I don't know Pippa if I was, got that far. But Pippa was in the race and kind of with those people and knows them. Eighty six. Yeah. And, and Matt was there oh, yeah, on the side was, of the road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I brought it there. Yeah. And because I remember when I was uh, living in Hong Kong and I was a kid and I fell in love with cycling and Fellow News was my kind of yeah. access to it at the time in Hong Kong. And I think I've read an article in there or somewhere else saying the one thing about cycling is you can stand on a mountain. And look into your hero's eyes as they come by. <laughs> my, my, I looked, yeah. my dad and said I'm like, to me, "Wow, there's another sport in the world where you can do that." His words were because he was stood next to me. He said, "Bloody hell, mate!" He said, "Look at Le Mans eyes. They're like piss holes in the snow." Look, <laughs> <laughs> like like, like, yeah, yeah, like, piss holes in the snow. It's never. Is yeah. it still with me? Yeah. That little description. Yeah. Is it, you know, it wasn't necessarily a man of words, but that resonated. <laughs> so what was Kino's yeah. face like? Um, Angry? Just like he's yeah, yeah. frustrated. Pro Chewing yeah. a wasp. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but Le Monde looked fit and lean, and he now yeah. just looked maybe a little bit cheesed off. Because, um, yeah. From Armstrong. There we go. And one of my favourite jerseys of all time, apart from the Z jersey, was the combine jersey. Because yeah. yeah, yeah, Le Monde was yeah. in yellow, and he now was in the combine. Right. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. Mondrian combine jersey, bring it back. Cold. No, don't. Just don't. I digress, yeah. as, as we do, as we will be doing on Chat Stevens, I think, going forward. It's all about tangent, tangents, digressing. Let's keep on topic. What's your holiday, Stu? I know what it is, but well, for the camera, I've got to ask. I've got a few, but I'm going for Sagan Paris Bay. Yeah. Re reason being is, is that he never thought he'd win it, because, uh, in fact, his agent and people around him never thought he'd win it, because, according to him and his agent, they said that he rides the cobbles like like this. When they analyse how Bonin would ride them, it'd be like, 
over the top. Mm. But Sagan would do this. Sagan's actually one of these riders that, that if you puncture, that's not an accident. That's because you've been riding in the wrong place. It's your fault. And uh, so, and because he bad, bad luck before with punctures and things like that, they never thought he'd win it. And um, actually, I was talking to the editor, um, the, the author of his book, well, the, the, the John, guy that wrote John. it, John. Yeah, yeah. Darren, yeah. And, um, and John had a bet with Sagan that, because John believed that Sagan could win it, and Sagan was like, no, 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 I won't win. In his, in his, I won't do the impression. <laughs> Um, uh, so he, yeah, he didn't think, he didn't think he'd, like, there was no way he'd convict the, but he was surrounded by people saying, no, you're never going to win this. And, um, so, and John went, no, like, you will, you'll win. And John sent me a picture before Sagan of the, of the bus, and there's the two of them together, and they were, like, shaking hands, and John said, ask me the backstory on that, like, like, after the race. And the backstory was that John had made this bet with him, that if, uh, if, Sagan won, Sagan had to give John his bike, in it, because Sagan likes a bet, really yeah, silly right. bets, tiny little funny little bets. They'll bet on like, I don't know, I'll bet that lampshade falls over in a minute. No, it hasn't, right. Right, okay. It's 10 euros, right. right? So, um, anyway, end of the race comes round, and uh, so Sagan said, right, I'll sort you out with a bike, but you have to get a tattoo of, uh, of, of, of him <laughs> on his leg. So John then sent me another picture in the tattooist with Sagan's um, like logo tattooed on his leg. No. It's, yeah. Apparently it's, it's, it's not a great tattoo, is it? No, it's, it's, it might forfeit the bike. Sorry, John. Right, forfeit but, the bike, right? But, uh, yeah. Uh, no, no he, he went with it. He went with it. But the, the tattoo need, needs a little bit of work. I can help him with that. Oh. Is it Sagan's face? No, it's, it's his it? logo. You know the, oh, the yeah. Sagan. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah. The old professional cyclist monogram. Yes, yeah. that's it. Like, yeah. We'll do it. Yeah. Have you got one of those? Have you got no, one? No, no. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, think... a monogram of your initials. Yeah. 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 It's what all pro cyclists no. do generally. They yeah. kind of get their initials. Yeah. 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 Cavaz. Yeah. Yeah. Just, no, I haven't got a... 21st century, you need one, apparently. I haven't yeah. got a monogram and I haven't got a tattoo. Just a thought. Wow. But, I mean, I agree with Sagan. I think it's... We take for granted kind of... We think he can do everything. Yeah. And I hadn't thought about the fact that perhaps he hadn't. He thought Roubaix, because he thinks he comes from cyclocross, mountain biking. Yeah. And but his style, he's so strong that he ploughs through things. Yeah. And That's actually, right. a lot of a lot of Paris Roubaix, oddly, paradoxically, is about being light. Yeah. Is about finding that line and riding light, and just finding that kind of that way of flowing through it all. Mm. And, and as you said, Bone and, and the, the best guys, they just they find the right line and they never look like they're trying. Yeah. And it's and Bonin never wears gloves. His hands probably no. aren't cut up. It's just they they're just so it is a it's a very odd race that. <laughs> That's a Belgian thing. No gloves. <laughs> yeah. How many years? Yeah. 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 So so what, what, is, what are your thoughts on Sagan's? What I mean, on no the, gloves? Yeah. And that, what, <laughs> on no gloves. I mean, well, get your thoughts on that. Yeah. I mean, um, no. Sagan was a really great was, ride. That was, was that was yeah. a great ride. World champion. Yeah, absolutely. Winning in Paris and um, winning in Roubaix. Doesn't come any better than that. It's, 50, no. it's 50, around 50k out he won as well. Yeah, yeah. and it was, yeah. it was just great to see him take that initiative because we've seen the, the domination yeah. of those of the kind of, of the northern classics, of course, by quick step. Well, they took mm. the age as well this year, just to add another one to the mix. But you know, real domination, that ridiculously strong kind of team. But I like the way Sagan put them on the back foot. Yeah, but yeah. and they kind of. There was this hesit hesitancy, wasn't there? And they looked and thought, really? Mm. And then that was the bit that, that to, to beat Quickstep, you seem to have to go, uh, you go fast, earlier, you or you've got numbers. And yeah. it was just, it was just, yeah. it was, 
I don't know if any of fucking like Roy of the Rovers is. It was kind of Roy of the Rovers-esque, wasn't the it? Thing you know, is, it was heroic, it was brilliant. They, they hesitated and it was lost, because at that yeah. level, when, once you hesitate and somebody strong goes away and they take 100 metres, you're in trouble, because yeah. they don't slow down. No. So it needed a couple of quick-step guys to close that 100 metres, but then they they'd have lost those guys. Yeah. But that's what they needed, and they didn't do that. They waited mm. and thought, well, we'll, we will bring them back. And, and They and don't. You don't bring guys back in, at the end of a classic. I think the mindset of the quick step guy, having had so much success as well, they were in. It was quite an unaccustomed position, wasn't it? Mm. They were on the back foot, and they've never really had to collectively chase because four or five of the quick yeah. step guys that enter every race can win it, and you, you know, you, they can rotate it. But they're, they're, they're tactic, almost like, oh yeah. my god, we've now got to use somebody up, and the chance of yeah. winning would diminish. So each one of them thinking, now I'm going to have to sacrifice yeah. myself, and do you know what? I might just wait and see if anybody puts their neck on the line first. And in those moments, as you say, he's gone away. You know, they're, yeah. 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 their tactics. Their based on on more chiefs than Indians in, yeah. especially in classics it's, so they race they, they kind of almost do a 50 or probably a 70 30 percent 70 percent chiefs 30 percent Indians mm. and the point being that tactic works in the, on the sense that they race from the front they force every other team to chase them so it's bing bang bomb and what was amazing the the perfect example of this was last year at Tour of Flanders when Philippe Gilbert won yeah. is that he was one of the Indians, yeah. but, and so they, they then rank their Indians out of those 70, 30, which Indian goes, oh, sorry, which chief goes first? So if he was an Indian. Yeah, yeah, no, sorry, no, but he was, he was like the kind of oh, lower yeah. ranking. It just, just shows yeah, the depth of that. Yeah. And it's like, so he went, he went first, knowing that he wouldn't be caught. Or he was going to get caught, because then they'd launch behind, they, yeah. the, the yeah. attacks would counter-attack behind Gilbert, and then the, the, the major chiefs, like Bonham, would then sit on them, and then come up and then attack, counter-attack. Mm -hmm. The thing is, they could never get to him. And then the Sagan crash last year meant they yeah. never got to him. Mm. So the point being with the, the, the quick step tactic is go first mm. and then force them to chase you, then counterattack. Attack, counterattack, but and never then, chase. And when you're in the front with somebody else, they don't ride that hard because they're waiting on the other guys. Exactly. So it's it, a real, it's, it's a almost real, a negative, it's a, it's a kind of really complex that's way of racing. The Belgians and the Dutch ride their classic scene. So you know, yeah. If you get in the break with them, you know they're not going to ride flat out mm. because they're always waiting on this couple of guys that are in the next group, they're coming a minute up. back, so yeah. you're riding and you're thinking, oh shit, they're going to beat me anyway, and they're not even riding hard. <laughs> yeah. It's horrible. I'm just going to jump back to the gloves thing quickly, because people are always surprised by this, is that pros wear gloves for crashing, yeah. not for not for actually not protection. For, not for sweat, no. No. The only reason pros wear gloves is that, because it's the only thing if you crash in a bike race and you lose your skin in your palm, you can't race. Everything else you can race with, with, yeah. with loss of skin. So actually, that's the only reason pros wear gloves. And so it's kind of mad. It almost seems irresponsible when Belgian guys don't wear gloves. And you it's, can't eat your dinner. Yeah, it, everything is just ruined. Yeah. And so that's why you, pros don't train with gloves on. They only yeah. race with them. As yeah, actually, I, I, I never trained at no. all with gloves on. In, in the early days, when I was 18, 19, yeah. I, I did train with gloves on so I could get the pro tan. <laughs> I had that little hole. Remember the gloves yeah. with the hole in? What did you uh, do? Self-tan on your, on your well, legs well, as well. Well, I actually yeah, sunbathed. Like a little D-shape. I actually sunbathed in the back garden in Bushy, in Hertfordshire, <laughs> with a cycling kit on. Because I thought I wanted to look like, oh, you're flipping it. I had a poster in my that's a that's air and cupboard door. A dangerous metaphor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and anyway, it's, we've gone on a, off on a tangent, yeah. but I did. And uh, I had a cyclist tan on purpose. Anyway, I've lost my thread. Um, Do you keep your sun off your head with a handkerchief again? Oh, yeah, well, I've, I moved on from that. Oh, Actually, just <laughs> to finish off like in Sagan, because the Stag, we've got the Sagan yeah. plastic, plasticine head here, which yeah. is amazing. That's a um, subscriber-only issue of Ruler, by the way, isn't it? I think. Yeah. Yeah. You can um, get cheeky limited edition covers. What I found what was amazing to kind of shows what Sagan is that this year he handed Valverde the gold yeah. medal. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah, that's before, incredible. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that was just the loveliest thing. Yeah. And 
there are a couple of things about that. It was him kind of validating Valverde, who is a, 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 there's a lot of things going on there yeah. regarding yeah. public opinion. But I, actually, then I learned afterwards, it was something he decided to do whoever won, because he'd seen boxers do it. They, Oh, yeah, 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 yes, yeah, absolutely, yeah. 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 Well, that's yeah. what a great idea for the mm. world champion to hand over, the, the yeah. kind of hand it to the next world champion. He'd had it for so long as well, yeah. it was like, yeah. yeah, that was a real moment. Yeah. 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 It did look proud, and he, I mean, it did look, it looked quite genuine. I mean, as yeah. I say, the, let's just put the Valverde thing yeah. to one side for a minute, mm. but that, that moment between two great champions, whatever you think of them, was, it was genuine. It, it yeah. didn't yeah. seem forced at all. It was, I thought, I don't know what you think, yeah. Pippi, you kind of that like... Wouldn't, that wouldn't happen with Merckx and Hino and those no, kind of no, guys, no, would no. it? Yeah, exactly. There would be no chalk on the back of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Crumbs, we have gone off on a tangent. But, uh, <laughs> so but I think, yeah, go on. No, yeah. no, 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 no. You, no it, I wonder if that woman up will be now... Will that now come a, become a thing, perhaps? I, think. I, I hope yeah. so. Well, what, they'd first, have to be there. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. And that's the thing. So Sagan even went to the Worlds when he knew he couldn't win. Yeah. yeah. Which, again, goes show his respect for the yeah. race and the event. Because yeah. many world champs go, well, I can't win, I'm not going. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? Well, that he can perhaps set a precedent for kind of respecting not only the jersey, but the race and the sport. Yeah. So then the world champion has to validate the next yeah. world champion. Yeah. It's not, it's not a, a politician, it's nobody else. It's actually the racer himself who has to validate the next racer, yeah. which I think is a, an amazing thing. I've, I've, I became a Sagan fan, right, no. real, because before, I, when, when, when he's first on the set, I, was, I didn't, wasn't quite sure what to make of him. When we were talking 2011 and stuff, when, yeah. he, was like, uh, when he was winning running everything, running the running 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 there, was a, yeah, yeah. there was an arrogance there was, was a bit like... Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a little... I, I found it quite hard to watch a couple of times, and I right. thought, but I've come, I've come round. Yeah. I'm, I'm there now. I was, I was in the race for his first win as a pro. And yeah. I was, um, it was Paris Nice, uh, yeah. 2010, I think it was. Yeah. Liquid gas. Yeah, liquid gas. And, yeah. Like and I was, well, we, I was on was probably the greatest. Stop about three, four kilometres. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It was the greatest, oh, right, yeah. greatest season of my career, and that day it had been a horrifically hard day. I mean, just one of the classic Pyrenees where it doesn't stop all day. And I came in and I was flying and I attacked in the final that little rise up with three or four k's to go. And Joaquin Rodriguez came with me mm. and we had a gap and I was like, Jesus, it's me and Joaquin Rodriguez. We're dancing. Yeah. It's like, because if we're at that point and it's just us. And yeah. then, boom, this, this like green flash just came by us. And I was like, huh. what the fuck yeah. was that? Yeah. yeah. I just kept going. And both me and Joaquin just like, just, just stopped. We just like let the group catch up with us. It's just gone. Incredible yeah. talent. And that was the first race we won, and we were like, "That's not. What is that?" It, I think the sport. Yeah. I actually, yeah, you know, I, I don't think yeah. you should ever have one rider that defines a sport. But at the moment, he is the he's the flag bearer for the sport. Yeah, I mean, yeah. um, he's unpredictable. He's exciting. Yeah. He brings a, he brings a romance that we've been maybe looking for for a few years. He's, he's yeah. very. He, his importance to the sport. Um, it can't be understated, I think, personally, without waxing lyrical too He like saved it. He's a, we, were, we were very much going down, the, as you, you used the term before, which, it, I, which I haven't thought of, which is very true, op, open source. Yeah. In the sense mm. that everybody's got the same training, training yeah. uh, available, they've got the same equipment. The level is so much higher now. Everyone, everything's going yeah. faster, everyone's super trained, every, everything's amazing. Yeah. And we were starting to use the term robotic that everyone were yeah, becoming yeah. robots and yeah. Team Sky, they excel and we were uh, attacking them using that term. Yet during this p same period, Peter Sagan arrives mm. and is a complete outlier and proves that in the modern sport, you can still have character, you can yeah, be yeah. eccentric, yeah. you can still win the biggest races. And, and, and I'd go as far as saying he's, he's been the saviour of the sport in the last yeah. five years, mm. in the sense that he's, he's 
given us the things we fell in love with when you were 86 at the Tour yeah, de France yeah. and this, this grandiosity, yeah. this eccentricity, and I think Peter Sagan does that. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, which brings us to my... Yes. Well, good segue. ...moment yeah. of the season. And it would be Simon Yates. Yep, yep. Who has been in the front of almost every stage race he's ridden since Paris-Nice through to the Vuelta. And though he didn't win Paris-Nice, he rode in the same fashion that he rode all the other Grand Tours, with that attacking, yeah. not kind of holding back, not thinking about, oh, what am I going to be doing the next day, which is the kind of modern way of, of thinking about it. We're always waiting for the next day of the time trial. There's none of that with that, with Simon. No. And um, I think that's saved the Grand Tours a little bit. But he isn't doing that whole sitting on the back of a string and then just attacking <coughs> 3K from the finish. You know, he'll, he'll attack 10, 15, 20K from the finish if he has to, if he sees the moment, which yeah. is... That kind of old school way of that used to be done. You yeah. know, you notice that whole any kind of little weakness, and he take he take. It was almost as he was riding each each of those days that he won as, as a, a one day a, race. As a one day race, and uh, interestingly, I mean, uh, that was going to be one of my highlights. It's something different, but I, I, I th you're, you're quite right. He rode with such flair, and he used the word panache again because it's. I use it sparingly, but he did, and he endeared himself so much to the Italians. He rode in their the kind of campi campionissimo style, you know, he, a furio class, they call it, don't they? He's like a class yeah. above. Fury class. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it was, and I was at the Giro watching it and uh, thinking, oh my God, this is, uh, but at the back of my mind, I was thinking he's in pink. And it, he lost the Giro because of that. He did. But he, he, then he learned from it, which is a really kind of rare thing, that, and then he went to the Vuelta and he didn't ride he still rode aggressively, yeah. still more more aggressively than we're used to seeing, but he rode with kind of... Well, stage five he attacked, wasn't it? Stage five or stage four? A bit four? more sense yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah. no, no, it, it, was, it, was, it was a measured approach. It was, yeah, more measured. <laughs> and you were like, God, he's doing it again. Well, the thing, like, yeah. And it, it took 25 seconds, and that's yeah. actually what... And then he said he didn't him. need yeah. to do it. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. He yeah. just did it, and that's, that's kind of... That's a, and I, that, I was, that means yeah. that when he goes to the tour, he's going to do that same kind of thing. There's going yeah. to be moments, because there's moments in the tour mm. when you think, yeah, I could go now, and you think, oh, no, I don't want, because in two days' time, it's a time trial. But he's obviously not going to do that. Yeah. Mm. But the way he raced, I mean, you'll appreciate this as well, Pepper, stage 19 and 20, where the hardest two days of the race, if you like, where they'd almost been kind of, they knew this was going to happen. The way he raced those finales was, the moment his team was used up, he was so... Um, conservative and patient, like we see, to wait until his team were absolutely gone, the last guy gone, and he didn't even hesitate, yeah. and go back to not thinking, yeah. he just exploded out. That's it. So his yeah. last teammate's gone, and he just, all he did, the moment they're gone, he attacks the most ferocious attack you've ever seen, mm. and his brief spritters up to the group and forces everyone behind to go after him. Yeah. It was beautiful. I yeah. mean, the level of, like, skill to do and that, and also yes. talent and yeah. awareness. But even that time, do you know when he was put under, the, when he got, he, he got, to, got across, yeah. I think it was, I don't know if it was that day or another day, when he got across to mass, but then he got dropped. Yeah. But he didn't, he clearly he was, like, he was on the yeah. limit, so, do you know what, I've got, I've got a minute, whatever it was in yeah. hand. So, so he got dropped, but he was still riding in this real, it was, you could see what he'd learned from not putting yeah. himself to, it was, he rode it and he was getting distance, but then he was just holding it and he said, right, okay, I can still win this, I don't yeah. need to get, so actually, I, haven't, I haven't thought about this before, so it's actually what you're just saying there, the way he rode as, the, uh, as a Grand Tour, as a leader, yeah. a Grand Tour leader that day, just rode patiently, didn't chase the stage, didn't go into the red. Garant Thomas did exactly the same in the final time trial of Tour de France. Mm -hmm. He started that time trial as Garant Thomas, yep. normal Garant Thomas, yeah. and he almost slapped it off on that first corner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that was, that was Garant Thomas came into that corner. Like he did and the Dauphiné. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Locked up the back wheel, yeah. came out of that corner as a Grand Tour leader. Hmm. And then rode it patiently, wasn't didn't chase the stage, yeah. and and lost. He could have won that stage 
Yeah, you could have won yeah. that stage. No yeah. problem. Yeah. But he came out, and Simon Yates exactly the same. Did exactly the same on that penultimate day, same as Garrett Thomas. They started the stage, if you like, kind of almost started it as their, their younger version of themselves, got into the mix and then suddenly realised, actually, I'm not that guy anymore. I'm not going to ride this to win this, this whole thing. Yeah. And so they just hold themselves back slightly. Yeah. Well, I, I spoke to Matt White at the, at the finish of the Giro, um, and I said, you know, shame about Sam. He said, yeah, he said, mate, but he said, Chavez was our leader. And he said, mm. we, Chavez was the leader. It, obviously, one stage with Chavez. And we said to Yates, you're in such good form. Just race every day, race every day, and win stages. And he said, "We'll just see how far we can take it, and we'll learn." Yeah. And it, and I was looking at the way him and Pino were racing, and they were racing like mano a mano, basically. And um, I thought, just as a commentator and having, you just know a little. I thought, God, this this kind of level of effort, the intensity of the efforts they're making, unlike Froome, which I thought I always thought was a danger. Unlike the Mulan, I thought, I don't think these guys can sustain. The the, uh, the attritious nature, the sharpness, the kind of violent attacks. I, I kind of I thought, and I waited, and I and eventually the moment came on 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 the Colle de Fenestra when Simon went, and then the way Pino ex- kind of imploded. It was it was tragic, but the beauty of that. And then the way that free were, it was that to me is kind of what bike racing is all about. I, I understand yeah. the need for control, but sometimes the the importance of allowing young riders to express themselves is yeah. fucking yeah. so valuable, you know. And it was yeah. it was wonderful to see. And then at the back end, as you say, him then winning the, winning the uh, winning the vault, which he actually deserved. And that is right? just going back to that Finestra stage was just that was Chris Froome and his absolute in his pomp. Yeah. yeah. I mean that that is the best Grand Tour racer of his generation. Yeah. I mean he, and it's good to see they they use an American sports. They call it the Hail Mary. Where the buzz is about to go, and you yeah. just do the long throw. Yeah. It's like I don't know if it's going to make it, but then you see yeah. on YouTube afterwards that the ball goes in the buzzer. There's 99 it, of those don't go in. Yeah. Yeah. Chris Froome did it. He did the hail mary, and he pulled it off. Mm. And only the biggest champions can do that. Yeah. Is and it, it's good that they do it, but often it doesn't work. We don't talk yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. They're like oh, and and like you said, but it takes a long time. Even when it's a young racer, you do that. You start doing. You're doing hail marys every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did, I, I did them pretty much all my career. <laughs> That's why. Yes. Anyway, uh, yeah. Same yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. When they that's, leave you behind. Yeah. That's what that's what we, we we swing a leg over a bike for. We love it and we enjoy it and we like to sprint for signs at the cafe, or whatever. We we want to race and it's lovely to see that at the highest level, guys and girls racing. You know, mm. uh, we understand the kind of pressures and the money that's in the sport, the need for for control. But up to a point, it's about expressing yourself. And as we talked about before, is if you don't express yourself and put yourself in places that you're not, that's you don't learn. Mm. So that's it's, mm. it's 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 wonderful, isn't it? I mean, it's entertainment. Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that as a fan, you, you must have. Why, uh, that's why we're watching. Well, I tell you, yeah. actually, a good, a good anecdote regards that is when I was. This is two thousand and four, two thousand three, two thousand four. I was actually on the um, the British team pursuit team for the Olympics in Athens, um, and I was training over the two thousand and three winter uh, with the British team with Rod Ellingworth and, and learning how to do the team pursuit. And Rod said to me, because uh, I'd never done it before, he was like. Just when you pull off, just do what you feel. Use your personality. Mm. He didn't. He said, and I thought that was the loveliest thing. He's like, because some guys in a team pursuit they'll flare out yeah. and then drop back in. Some guys are really smooth and then come back in. Mm. And he said, I'm not going to dictate that. You decide what you do. 
Mm. And it's and I was like, well, that's amazing. And, it, and bike racing's like that. You, so did you the, get on when you went? I love a flare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would uh, flare yeah, out. Flared. And then, flared and then so you dump back in, in again. Seat. Yeah. yeah. And it's and each one of us has our style of racing. Yeah. And some of us flare. Some of us are really smooth and subtle. And, and you some liked of us flare, didn't you? Back yeah. in the day. Yeah. You liked yeah, to Yeah, I think I would have flared the whole. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, I'd been worried about. I'd been more worried about coming back down than missing the wheel. Yeah, that's the risk. That's the that's the fun, isn't it? Or not missing the wheel and. Taking it out and your yeah. front wheel on the way through. Because you know it's going to be entertainment if you do a whole big sweep. Oh, yeah. Everybody's got that's to take a sweep if you miss. And, it's, and yeah. that's, that's what bike racing is. And I do, I've got three children now, and my boys are seven and five. And I love letting them just ride and doing what they, and teaching them kind of all the stuff. And my, yeah. my oldest boy, seven, rides exactly like me. He just he, he follows me all the time, so he's just copied my style. And I remember as, and it, so he's essentially copied, copied Maurizio Fondrius. Because I yeah. based all my the way I sit on a bike was to Mauricio Fondrius, and it's like so it all kind of passes down. So actually, kind of, yeah, and it's like so we all and I, and I think it's important for for when you're into cycling, don't be scared to find your own style, but also don't be scared to kind of find the person you like and copy it. Yeah, because it is it's a lovely thing. Well, like, uh, on that on that note, we have to wind it up. Yeah, um, a little, um, but again, it's you know the role you know, cyclists are role models, aren't they? Mm. And, and um, Greg LeMond was and, and Pippa were, were my role models back in the day. And I even, just to show, as well as getting the, the, the hand, the, the, the sun on my hands, I actually, because Greg had a funny way of, when he made an effort, he'd, you should do that. I didn't see that. Do you I'm remember? Behind <laughs> 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 I like very few people anyway, saw that. Yeah, yeah, we, you, you I never saw that. Yeah, that's what Greg, I saw Greg I, from the back, not I from did the front. That. <laughs> I trained to put my tongue, anyway, it's a bit random that, but that's what I did. Because I used to, I looked up to them so much. Everything about them, I wanted all their. Yeah, the, the I, tips. I bought my yeah, first yeah. CD shoes. I bought the ones you wore, the kind of fuchsia CD shoes, yeah. because and and it perpetuates and it's, it's yeah. important. And that's why we flipping love this I game. Don't think so, I think so, so I can saw Greg's. Yeah. Yeah. I have a look at some pictures. I'll wheel out a couple. Yeah, they'll have to be. But uh, I can't. I don't think I can even talk about my thing. It was the World Championships. We can talk about. The World we could. We could probably talk. We probably haven't got time to. But I'm, all I'm going to say is that the World Championships. I hadn't been to the World Championship since I rode it in 1997. Yeah. Were you my team manager then, or was it 96? 97 you were, yeah. We rode together, didn't we? Yeah, yeah we, we rode. San Sebastian. Yeah, that was the last time yeah. I'd been, even been to the world. But to go back yeah. um, to Austria and experience it, and, and, and what a world yeah. that they put on, it was it was immense. And um, mm. it was, if any of you have think about going to the world, I mean, Yorkshire is going to be off the scale, I yes, think it's going to be, but if you're think, actually don't even think about it, just go, put your tickets and go, because the World Championships is, I mean, you've it's had the pleasure of riding. It's the biggest show. It's something, it's yeah. so special. There's an energy about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've written about it, the fact the World Championships, it's, it's the end of the year, so um, already everyone's, it's kind of that kind of last day of school feeling. Yeah. And then also everyone's not in their commercial teams, they're in their national teams, there's just, even the bike riders, yeah. it's kind of, it is literally the last day of school. And yeah. they love it, and you feel that. You'll have fans there cheering yeah. for a flag rather yeah. than a yeah. cooker hood yeah. or a shower head or something. <laughs> that's the one way of putting it. And, uh, <laughs> that's a lovely so anecdote. That's, it, that's <laughs> perfect. Although they are really good cooker hoods. They are, they are. They are Amazing. World, the world, world champions of cooker hoods. There are other cooker hoods um, But, uh, yeah, what, what I thought was amazing, you had a, a sporting event like that, beautiful city, good beer, every nation, and not a single Englishman throwing white plastic garden furniture at anyone. No, which is always a bonus. Didn't happen. Didn't yeah. happen. So, next but no, year. what, 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 <laughs> oh, what, next what year. a lovely time. Yorkshire could do his proud. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. Anyway, well, I'm going to have to wrap things up there, folks. I mean, we've, 
we went off on tangents. We, we, that was a lovely chat. If that's the way they're going to roll going forward, I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to be a happy man. And, uh, I love like, chat, Stevens. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. yeah. I mean, we might just sit, we might just keep this rolling. There might be a sort of a director's cut, <laughs> yeah. chatting and having another couple yeah. of glasses of wine. But thank you very, very much for joining us. Hope you join us in the next few editions of the Chat Stevens. But for now, from Stu, from Dave, from Pippa, and from me, Matt Stevens. Good that's night. Chat Stevens. It's a wrap. Thank you. And if you want to make sure you get all future editions of Chat Stevens, go to Ruler's YouTube channel and subscribe. There'll be another one along soon. And there'll be another Ruler podcast soon as well. So catch you then. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.